Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the City Chatter Podcast. I'm John Bernstrom, Public Information Officer for the City of Grand Forks and your host of the City Chatter Podcast. Uh, quick plug before we get into this week's show. Um, you can catch all the previous shows at grandforksgov.com slash podcast. Um, we have made our way all the way through every city council member um, and the mayor, which means we come back around and we go to Order One. Danny Weigel, thank you for joining us this week here for our ninth episode. We're moving right along. We're moving right along. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about it as I was going through my notes, and I'm just like, hey, uh, Sierra, we did this in June. What did we talk about in June, and what has happened since? And it didn't take long to, to figure it out that uh, we, we've progressed a little bit. Yeah, we moved on, and <laughs> yeah. there's always something new that we can chat about. There's always something new. So, okay, we had you on in June. Um, it, was, it was early June, and since that time, uh, we were just... From a council standpoint, you're just starting the budget process. 2024 budget's been passed. I don't, you know, we don't need to necessarily get into the details. My question for you, as a city council member, when you first get the budget, is there a specific thing you look at or, or that, you, that you really want to focus in on first? Well, I think it comes down to, I think there's a difference between year one, term one, sure. um, when you start out at the city council, because you get this giant book that you have no idea where to begin or where to start. Right, and it's the first thing you get as a council member. Exactly, yeah. And so I think there's a difference between year one and I think I'm in year seven now, uh, somewhere in there. Six, six or seven. Six or yeah. seven. Um, and so now it's uh, – you, you probably have more specific questions, right? I think when you first get into it, you're drinking from a fire hose. Now it's – I kind of have a good idea of what we're doing. I've been through multiple other budget cycles, and now it's – um, is there opportunity to cut or save money in certain areas that uh, obviously would lower the tax burden on on citizens in the city? Is is it also fair to assume in year seven you kind of see, because I know from a staff standpoint we're asked to look, you know, six, seven years ahead to where you, you may know coming in, you're like, oh, this year there's going to be more in, in this fund for XYZ reason, whatever it is, road construction or something. Is Is it easier from your standpoint with that? It is just because you know something specifically. Obviously, a fire truck. Um, sure, those are really expensive. They're not cheap, um, and you start to see them around town. And I always asked uh, uh, our old fire chief. I said, "We still have that green ladder truck. I don't want that responding to my house if, it co- <laughs> if my house is on fire." So, is there a plan to get a new one? And obviously, there was. Um, there's yep. always a cycle with those machines, and so. You start to learn some of those things and, and how they build up from year to year to year and, and when they're, the replacement cycle is for everything. It's interesting from a fire department standpoint, there's also an aftermarket on everything too. There's, mm-hmm. there's a Grand Forks buys a new fire truck. There's a line of other fire departments looking to buy our old fire truck if it's, st- if it's still usable. It's interesting how that works and how far down that goes. Well, absolutely, because you, you look at some of the small communities. You know, What's a fire truck, a million bucks now? Maybe more. Well, it's probably more, I think. You know, so if you have a million-dollar fire truck, um, you have to get rid of that old one. You don't yeah. need it anymore. Um, but then there's obviously other opportunities for those small communities to to come in and, and pick something up and, and get it at a discounted rate that maybe they wouldn't be able to afford. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's interesting. Um, on the council agenda yesterday, uh, city council agenda, um, a new ordinance got passed allowing pedal pups uh, can you explain that a little bit? And what, as a city council, did you did you guys do yesterday? Yeah, so a pedal pub, um, from what I understand, is people can consume alcohol. They're pedaling like you'd pedal on a bike. And then, obviously, the person that's navigating or driving the actual pedal pub obviously isn't allowed to consume alcohol or anything along sure. those lines. And it's essentially a service that the 
um, it's a private business that they're coming right. in and right. they want to do this. And so obviously reading some of the social media, um, Facebook comments, you know, why would the city invest sure. in this? We're not investing a single penny in this. Right. It's, it's yeah. truly a, um, an ordinance to allow a business to come to the city of Grand Forks and be able to um, start their business with this. And so we approved the ordinance. Um, I know one of the questions I asked that, you know, if there are issues, can we uh, pull the permit from whatever business this is? Sure. And, and sure. obviously we can. And so um, I think it's something that why not try it, you know, given an opportunity to see how it works. And if it's not working or it's causing issues, then it's a permitted process. We don't issue the yep. permit again. And, and uh, to, I think you just described it well. The, uh, another description is it's not one person. It's not like a person riding a bike. Correct. It, it is, there's probably eight to ten people on this thing that yep. you get it together. And from my view, you just kind of hop around town a little bit. And I know East Grand Forks is looking at it as well. Yeah, and I think it'll be centralized towards that downtown. I, we're not going to yeah, see that's this thing intention. going down South Wash or Demers no. or anything along those lines. It's it's more geared towards that downtown where other establishments are. And um, East Grand Forks will look at it. I'm, it seems sure. like they've been kind of maybe a copy and paste of what we're doing. So it works for both communities and um, we'll wait and see, right? We, we looked at this when we were looking at scooters. Yeah. You know, scooters, yeah. they haven't been a huge issue. I, I haven't gotten any calls or complaints about them. Um, they seem to be doing just fine. And so if, again, if that wouldn't have worked, we could have, we could have taken that product yep. back. And so, it's the same thing. That's what we're going to do with the pedal pubs, and we'll see how it goes. And and with the scooters thing, um, it's it's what we we had our first full year. We get a phone call every once in a while. Uh, sure. Hey, the city's not running that thing. The city gave a permit. Yep. It's a private business. You you they have a number you can call on the app, yep. or or you can text them on the app and just be like, hey, there's one in front of my house, or this one didn't work, and they actually have somebody in town yep. who goes goes and does all that. Yeah, the the city gives a permit to allow them to do it. And the end of city involvement. Absolutely, yeah. We we don't do anything. No. Uh, we're not investing any of our money in it. Mm-hmm. We're investing very little time in it. Um, we're essentially allowing a private business to come to Grand Forks um, for something that we haven't had in the past. There's no process set up for sure. it. So we're setting that process, and then from there they have to follow that process, obtain the permits, and follow the law. And, and you mentioned that uh, with process, and I think this is, and I, think, uh, the, I think the current city council, my observation, you've been there for seven, I've been with the city for 17. I think the current city council has done a really good job of not letting perfect get in the way of moving forward. Because like you said, you're creating processes in some of this stuff, and it even came up yesterday of, hey, if we have to change it, we go change it. Right. And I think the big thing that's what I've always looked at is I may not, I, you know, I've never used a scooter in Grand Forks. Sure. Um, I've used them in other cities, but I've never used one of them in Grand Forks. Um, I don't know that I'll ever use the pedal pub. Right. Um, but I've also not always allowed my personal opinion to interfere with somebody that's trying to either make a living for themselves, start a business or something along those lines. And sure. so we have a process for everything. Um, is that process always perfect? Absolutely not. Um, we can always tweak the process and learn from the process, but at the same time, you still follow that process because there's going to be something later on down the line where, um, you may really like it and you're still going to follow that same process. I think it's important that we stay consistent with that. And then, um, when something bad happens or something, you know, isn't what we wanted, we've followed the process and, um, checked all those boxes yep. that we needed to. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, you are um, 
probably the the I'm not sure how many committees you're on. You're probably on on several. I I, I wrote down on my notes one specifically. The yeah. Growth Fund Committee uh, meets once a month. Um, can you talk a little bit about your role on that? And specifically, is a growth fund? We even put that on on TV and we stream it. Um, can you talk about what that committee does? Yeah, so I, I chair the growth fund. Um, mm-hmm. It has to be chaired by a city council member. And so to me, the growth fund really is that first opportunity where um, whether it's uh, providing a matching fund um, to the Bank of North Dakota loan or a private loan that they'd be getting from a private bank here in Grand Forks, it's really about business in the city of Grand Forks and how do we expand that? How do we help business grow? And so a lot of those um, uh, requests will come to that growth fund committee first. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously from we'll hear it and we're made up a board of, I'm really proud of the growth fund because it's not just elected people sitting there. Uh, no, we've got, point. we've got a banker, we've got a real estate guy. Um, we got people that work with small businesses. And so to me, it's really taking that group of experts in whatever field that they're in, bringing them together and then making decisions. Um, our decision isn't final. Obviously it goes to the, uh, um, it'll, it'll go to JDA. JDA, yep. yep. And, go to JDA, yep. and then that's obviously made up of the city council and and the mayor as well. And so um, there's a multiple-step process to all these things, but it's really um, getting that first crack at, you know, what are some of the projects coming, what are some of the um, new business that are coming to Grand Forks, and how can we help them uh, expand and grow and, and get more employees and um, expand their business. And, and to that point, the growth fund, like you mentioned, lots of times the requirement from the growth fund to these businesses who are looking for these funds, you have to, whether you're securing a loan at a bank, you mentioned the bank in North Dakota. Um, as I'm thinking about it, the growth fund, I don't think there's any grants. They are all loans expected to be paid back. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. They're all loans. Uh, I haven't, don't recall any grants that we've. I, I, I don't either. Um, I think the one thing that I really like about it is the the fact that they're coming and really, for the most part, they're established businesses within our community. Sure. And so they're looking to expand that established business. We don't see a whole lot of new business. I think um, we talked about the budget earlier. Um, going forward, what do we want to focus on? I think for so long we've always focused on job growth. Sure. Um, and when I ran for city council, the one thing I always said is we have a ton of jobs in Grand Forks, but where we lack is careers. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I like that one. You know, <laughs> it, it's true. We've got so many jobs in Grand Forks. We have not as many careers that people can go in, be in that career for 10, 20, 30 mm-hmm. years and retire from it. And I think we've done a good job of that, especially growing the UAS sector in and around Grand Forks. Uh, so I think we've expanded some of those careers. But now that we've gotten to that point, where do we focus on next? And I think the quality of life issues that the mayor has brought up are all important because we want to bring in those families. We want to get them those jobs or those careers here in Grand Forks. But you also have to have things that make them want to stay as well. Sure. And whether that's a children's museum or uh, indoor turf facility or any of these things, um, those help uh, recruit families to our city as well. Uh, you you brought that up. I'm sorry, I made notes, but you just touched on it. Um, uh, Children's Museum, uh, set that aside because that, that one is, um, they're doing private fundraising work in the state. But the indoor turf, indoor aquatics, whatever that looks like. As a yep. council, you guys are, have sent that forward to be, to be a, a vote of the people. 
and it's not an added tax. It's extending the Alaris, the Alaris Center tax, Correct. if you will, yep. um, to not sunset. Can, can you talk about that? Uh, and also, I mean, your thoughts of, all right, let's do this as a sales tax. Absolutely. So I think the thing that I like about the sales tax is it's not just the, the citizens here in Grand Forks that are paying for it. Um, we have people that continually come to Grand Forks, whether that's for a soccer tournament, sure. whether that's for um, a baseball tournament or whatever sporting event, um, or even a concert at the Alaris mm-hmm. Center or a concert at the Ralph or hockey at the Ralph or whatever. People come to Grand Forks um, using that sales tax to essentially fund that turf facility. It's going to add opportunities for us to bring some more of those events here. We Let's face it, it doesn't feel like fall right now because we've had 80 and 90 degree temps the last couple of days. Loving it. Yep. I, I'll keep them all winter long. <laughs> yeah. But what we we don't have an opportunity to host a lot of those indoor um, right. events, whether it be soccer or football or whatever the case may be. We don't have the opportunity to host those right now. Uh, UND's done a great job with the Fritz Pollard Center. Um, and that is busy. It's busy. It, uh, you drive by there all the time. It's busy from 8 a.m., till 8 p.m. Yep. Um, through the winter because it's the only turf facility that we have in, in the region in the region yeah and so and same with track they do spring track there as well mm-hmm. and so i think having a facility where you can host those year round and not um not be handcuffed so much by the the schedule of the fritz pollard sure. center have more opportunities you're going to bring more teams in you're going to bring more parents in and essentially they're going to be staying in our hotels they're going to be eating at our restaurants. Yep. Um, it's something that, in my opinion, it pays for itself. And so it just, it's another amenity that the city of Grand Forks will have to help retain a lot of those families that are looking to come here. Uh, Todd Feeland uh, uses this term all the time. Um, it's a tool in the toolbox, right? It, it is, we're talking about growth in the city, um, growth economically or, or just physical growth in the city. You kind of need all of these things, right? The quality of life. You need the jobs, yep. the careers. Correct. And you also need the the reason for people to stay. It's not it's not one or the other. It's, you kind of need it all. Absolutely, yeah. And I've always said I don't want to be Fargo. No. Fargo's too big for me. I have zero intention of ever wanting to be as big as Fargo. Um, but Grand Forks, where we are now, we have a lot of great amenities. We can continue to add to those and not put the the burden on the property owners in Grand Forks, because I, I know they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I think with the school raising their property taxes, the counties raised some property taxes, uh, you know, and so I understand that. I, sure. I'm i a property owner as well. Um, yeah. I feel that as well. And so um, what can we do to get some of these amenities um, but have some help in paying for them? I will say this as a city employee. Yes, so I, do, I do have an understanding of property taxes and how they work. Yep. And when I get that estimated property tax, I'm hoping that my math in my head is wrong. It wasn't. Nope. No, not <laughs> at all. It hasn't been wrong yet. No, I, I get them too. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, geez, where is this coming from? You know, right. and, and then it's, but it, at the same time, it's about getting involved, right? Sure. Um, if you have an issue with where the city taxes are, you come to yep. the city council meeting. If you have an issue with where, the school district taxes are, you go to the school district mm-hmm. meeting, you, you have those conversations. And I had a couple of them Yeah. Um, over the last couple of weeks before the budget. Uh, we finalized it and try to work through some, some of those things as they come up. 
Yep. Yep. Um, so you mentioned uh, quality of life amenities. Uh, you're heavily involved in one of those things with the, the, the BMX track here on Grand Forks. We talked about it a little bit in June when we had you on, but since that time, you guys have some news. Can you tell us uh, what happened this summer with BMX? Yeah, so we've obviously, this is year number two, full, full second year um, mm-hmm. at the new facility out by the Alara Center. And so uh, we came together and put in a bid for a national series race. Uh, a lot of different levels in BMX. You have your Olympics, you have your world sure. championships. Um, and then really here in the U.S., it goes down to that national series. And right below that is like a Gold Cup series, uh, which is more regionalized in the upper Midwest. And so uh, we put together a, a bid for that uh, national series race. We were selected to host that next summer. Um, there's 29 of those national series that are uh, awarded throughout the U.S., right? And so there's over 300 tracks nationwide that are eligible to apply for them. Um, and we applied, and I'm guessing there's probably another hundred so tracks that also applied and we're one of the lucky ones to be awarded that that national series so so now that you got it yep uh what 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 does what does that mean when they come to town yeah so essentially what it is is they show up and they run the event um we'll assist them i i always say it's like renting them the facility right we provide them the facility and and when they look at facilities they say okay is there ample parking is there hotels with the inner area because we go to national series races and we'll drive 20 minutes to get to the closest hotel. No. Oh, um, okay. So, you know, being by the Alaris center, you have probably what, eight, nine, 10 hotels within little walking a, distance, a walking distance. literally ride their yep. bike there. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, we were set up in a really good space for that. And I think USA BMX realized that and now they've been able to award that national. And so we've checked all those boxes and now we're, just continue to make the facility the best that we can. You, you mentioned that um, they come in and they run it. Um, are Grand Forks riders, is it a qualification thing? Are no, they able to no. compete in it? Yeah, everybody's able to compete. So you could show up day one and race that national. No, oh, okay. Without racing a local single or anything along those lines. So yeah, anybody can race in it. Um, they're awarded their points and everything else. And then um, where some of those national series come in is... Uh, kids run for what's called NAG or national age group. And so basically you run eight nationals throughout the U S whoever has the most points when they go to Tulsa uh, for the grand national series race, the top 20 of those riders are awarded a NAG plate, which is only 20 of them awarded through the country in each age bracket. So really tough to come by. We've had a couple of riders in grand forks here that have, have accomplished that. But again, it's just something really big that there isn't a lot of tracks that can host a national or, or get awarded that national. So for us to be able to be awarded that within, you know, only a couple of years of, of being in existence at that current location, it really means a lot. So this is, if this is a naive question, I apologize. Um, where within that national schedule does the Grand Forks race fall? Because you talked about yep. accumulating points. So yeah. are you, are you, is the Grand Forks right at the beginning of it, uh, in the middle? Uh, where, where, where is it at within their schedule? Where I'd say probably the back third. So the race is going to be August 9th through the 11th. That's three, three separate races. Um, and so we'll have that August 9th through the 11th. Obviously the, the BMX season literally starts January one. Oh, really? Till December 15th. So there's a two week, uh, they give you Christmas. Period. They give you Christmas. That's what <laughs> yeah. you get. And then the grand national series races over Thanksgiving. Oh, so okay. last two years we've spent, uh, our Thanksgiving down in Tulsa racing. So a little bit different, but it's a great, great time. And, a lot of fun. And, and I think this is a good example, as we were talking about indoor turf, indoor aquatics, or, or just facilities in general. This is now one weekend. I'm looking at you specifically. Yeah. You get to stay in town. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We, we stay in town, but the thing is, is we're also going to bring a national series race brings anywhere between 650 riders to 2000 riders from across the country. Uh, Minnesota had one. I think they had over 700 riders earlier this summer and a, like from 38 different States. Wow. You know, so you're bringing people from all over the country, um, maybe even Canada sure. to race at the facility in Grand Forks. It's great for the community. It's going to fill up hotel rooms for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's going to fill up restaurants for the weekend, and um, people are going to be able to go out and see what Grand Forks is all about. No, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, uh, other non-council thing that you do is you're you're a basketball official. We talked about that in June, and you, you do college basketball and stuff. But I have one specific question: in the state of North Dakota this year, they're now to a three-class system. Absolutely. Um, as, as an official, have you guys had conversations of it, it doesn't necessarily change the number of games, but when it gets to tournament time, that's uh, this can be busy. It is. Yeah. So I think uh, I've had the opportunity, I think probably the last three or four years I've worked the state tournament, whether it's on the usually it's the A tournament. Sure. Um, but I worked boys last year, worked girls a couple of years before that. And so I think it's going to be good for the sport of basketball in the state. Yeah. I think it's going to – I've worked games where it's 20 to 75. Um, yes. Small school is trying to compete with one of the maybe those mid-range, you know, mm-hmm. more attendance um, at their school. And so those games aren't fun for anybody. They're not fun for officials. They're not right. fun for parents or <laughs> kids. Trying to get through it. Exactly. And so I think what's going to be great is it's – I look at how many Class B schools there are in North Dakota, um, and they take eight, eight to the state yep. tournament. Um, I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for we've seen regions that they're the top region in the state and, and they only get one out they of get there. one, one team yep. out of that. And so I think that even, you know, you break some of those things up, some of the schools are going to go to, you know, just for lack of a better term, a, you know, class three or class mm-hmm. two, class one, wherever they fall into the into the realm of things, I think it's going to just open up more opportunities for those student athletes. I, I think I, I, I hear you there. Um, it opened up to a lot of athletes. I'm curious how they, and we, we were having this conversation beforehand. Um, I haven't seen the schedule, how they're going to handle state tournaments specifically in the spring. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'm thinking of it from the broadcast side and the scheduling. Yep. And, and the official side is, is the same thing, right? As opposed to everyone going to one city for a weekend you may get split. Yeah, I think we will. And I think that, you know, I think nationwide referees have been, there's been a shortage of them. Sure. I see things all the time that there's not enough referees. They're, they're playing high school football games on Saturdays mm-hmm. um, or Thursdays or whatever to try have enough referees to cover all those sports. And so I think what it's going to do is it's also going to get referees an opportunity that maybe have been on the cusp of being ready for that state tournament. Get some some reps. Yep. Get a them, good point. Get them into a tournament um, where they can be successful in that tournament. And, you know, you're not throwing a referee into the state Class A boys, the biggest tournament in the state. Sure. You know, you're not throwing them right into that. And so... Where the game's fast and yeah. it's good, good basketball. Yep, and, yeah. Absolutely. And, and most of all of our tournament, tournaments are... Um, but there's going to be more opportunity for them to maybe ease that first-year referee or that young referee that is right there for a state tournament sure. and to provide them with an opportunity to succeed because that's the last thing I think anybody wants to see is the ref blow, um, miss a call, right. you know, middle of the game, uh, tightly contested game. And so I think getting them right where they need to um, be eased into that, I think it's also going to be a positive thing. 
No, no, no. That's 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 uh, really good, and, and I, I appreciate your perspective on that. You know, there's the fan perspective, and there's the the team perspective, the reps for refs. I, I, I hadn't thought of that before. I thought that was, that was really good. And I will say this, and and you've seen it. I think there's nothing better than when a small town has a good team picked sport because those towns they show up. Well, I think I've been to some really good. It may not. I've been to some some of the smallest gyms on the eastern half mm-hmm. of the state where there's there's maybe room for 300 people and they got 400 in there. Yep, and they're standing on the end line and they're yep. everywhere and the atmosphere is amazing. Uh, the kids love it, coaches love it, parents love it, the referees love it. It's just an awesome atmosphere. And I've also been to venues where there's still those 300 fans in the in the area. Sure. But they're in a giant dome, right? <laughs> yeah. And it looks like there's 25 people there. And so that atmosphere isn't as good. And so there's nothing better than going to some of these small schools and these small gyms and um, – the gas station's closed. Everything's closed right. because they're there for the yep. basketball game. The, they all travel to the state tournaments as well. Yep, and it's just a line of cars. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite, this was a Minnesota section final, and it was when Red Lake had, they had some stud basketball teams, and they were scoring 120. Defense was a myth. Yep. <laughs> it oh, was go down, shoot. The more shots we get up, the better chance we have to win. Yep. And they were in the section final, and it was in Crookston, and I come pulling up. And I'm like, I can't park anywhere. Did I, did I miss the time of the game? I thought it was supposed to start at 7. It's like 5.30. Yep. And I'm like, boy, what's, you know, I'm starting to panic. I go in because I'm trying to work. Yep. I go in, half the gym, the Red Lake half of the gym is packed because they all came with the team. Oh, yeah. They all came with the team. I'm sure you've seen some of those. That, that's a specific example, but I'm sure you've seen some of that too. Yeah, Traveling everywhere, you see, you know, the, just the packed gyms. I think one of the coolest things I ever did was, um, as a college basketball referee, we have to go to different camps, right? If you sure. want to get hired by a certain conference, you go to that camp. You're evaluated by um, maybe more senior officials. You're evaluated by the the, um, the conference assigner mm-hmm. that assigns that for that conference. So I went to a camp out in New York City. We were in downtown Brooklyn, and we were sitting there. Um, these were all high school uh, boys that were playing in this Nike national tournament or Adidas, whatever it was. Sure. Huge tournament. And so I'm getting ready to work a basketball game on this court. Well, you had Coach K sitting front and center. (laughs) You had the guy from K-State sitting there. Oh, yeah. Texas, you had Baylor, you had Duke, you had all these... Division one schools. Major coaches sitting there. I've never run so hard in my entire life. <laughs> These kids, like you said, there was no defense. It was right. literally just chuck the ball up the court, hit the three, or yep. you were driving it, 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 for get, a dunk. Get the shot up. Yep. yep. There was no mid-range. It was threes nope. or dunks. And it was, I think I worked harder that game than I've ever worked any other <laughs> game in my life. But it was cool to see all those coaches in the front row. You know, it was all a recruiting tournament, and uh, Greg Harden was there. You yeah, know, sure. He was yeah. sponsoring the tournament from the NBA side. And so it was really cool to see, but... Yeah, that's some of these tournaments are just ginormous. And yeah, you see some of the best athletes out there. No, it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it, so, Danny, that's all I had on my notes, but I do want to touch on one thing. While we're sitting here doing this podcast, they are actively turning dirt over at uh, Memorial Village Two for the new Absolutely. softball complex um, on campus at UND. Uh, 
campus of UND is part of your ward in, in Ward 1. That's a pretty exciting project. It is. It, you know, I always look at it, again, it's just another amenity. Um, yeah. This time, the amenity, sure, uh, we gave a loan to, to help make this. It's a loan, trip, everybody. It wasn't a gift. Still a loan. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's after a gentleman who has a daughter that plays on the softball team that came up and said, you know what? I want to see my daughter play in a new facility and, and put his money where his mouth is. Gave, yeah. what, $2 million or $2.5 million towards um, getting that project done. In my understanding, there's an end date. I want to watch my yep. daughter play there. Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, again, we leveraged uh, non-taxpayer money um, through a gift, a private gift, and we're able to come up with a new facility. And so mm-hmm. what I looked at is with this facility, sure, it's going to be UND softball, but at the right. same time, uh, you're going to have the ability to host a state tournament, state high school mm-hmm. tournament. You're going to have the ability to host an EDC softball tournament. You're going to have the ability to host a Region 2 softball tournament, yep. um, Class B state tournament. You have so many more abilities to host all these tournaments or even some traveling ball tournament mm-hmm. um, throughout the summer. So. Again, you have to have these facilities if you want to compete in getting some of these large tournaments here. And again, when those large tournaments come here, they sell out hotels. They do. They sell out restaurants. Um, they're here for a weekend. And so I think it's a great thing and a, um, something that we've needed for quite some time. I will say this. Um, that parking lot was where I parked when I went to UND. And that yep. parking lot needed work then in 1998. I'm, I'm glad that parking lot is having something well, done to it again it it's we're taking another state-owned chunk of property that's a good point and it, yeah. we're adding it to the tax rolls right um and so it's a private development and it'll be good to see that so yep. we're continue to add piece of property that the city has never, never. collected Correct. any tax on and yep. yes they get a tax break to build year one is more money than we've ever gotten out of that absolutely yeah no it's great danny thank you very much for uh, joining us uh for we're now round two yeah, second well, quarter John, of the podcast. I also learned that you can't wear green in here. And so yeah. I wore a green sweatshirt, and, uh, the and, we, and we were, we were seeing through you. Yep, Grand Forks Best Source had a shirt for me. So I, I decided to grab the Mayor's Back the Badge um, T-shirt that was hanging up there and thought I'd rock that for there we go. a half hour. And, so. and we don't see through you anymore. Not anymore, no. <laughs> That's right. Maybe that would have been a good thing. Maybe that would have made for the podcast. It, and It would have been a floating yep, head. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Danny, thank you very much. Thanks, Appreciate John. it. And thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the City Chatter Podcast. Again, go to grandforksgov.com slash podcast to see all of our past episodes. This is episode nine. And thank you again for watching. We'll see you next time.